Hey everybody, welcome to Linux Cast. I'm your host Matt, and I'm Tyler, and I'm someone, Stevo. Oh, I forgot my own name. <laughs> yeah, his power went out not only to his house but to his brain. It's okay. Apparently, I'm the only sober one on the podcast, so we're having a good time. It's a co- it's cocktail hour with the boys, you know. <laughs> if if I would if you guys would have told me, I would have brought something. It would have been great. I'm gonna get myself a mocktail or something. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're having a whole host of of technical difficulties. Uh, Tyler's, comp- you know, like he looks like eight bit right now. Is is is? I mean, like, seriously, not even sixteen bit. He's eight bit right now. Steve's losing power like in half an hour or something like that. So you know, this is the Linux cast. We're gonna we're gonna push through, and it's gonna be fine. I'm sure about it. Anyways, we're gonna talk about some news today. For those of you who are wondering where Josh is, he's no longer part of the six month Linux challenge. His GPU died this morning, and he decided to hop. Um, so he is... That frees you, that frees you from, uh... No, it doesn't. Gentoo. No, it doesn't. Unfortunately, I still have to get... The, uh, if I fail, I still... I lose, I still lose the bet. The bet was we had to make it six months. It didn't mean we had to give up if the other person lost. Unfortunately. Oh. But I'm still doing okay. Anyways. Uh, so that... Josh tried to install Arch for reasons unknown. We all know that Arch does not like that boy. Um, at all. So that's the reason why he's not here. He's probably installing Gen 2 as we t- as we speak, I'm guessing. I told him he should try, re- try Redcore, which would make it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this is Linux Cast. We talk about Linuxy things, and we're going to dive right in. So uh, I got to find where all this stuff is. So who, who wants to go first? Steve, you want to go first? If you want. Sure. Which one's first for you? Last ones. Yeah, and first the second time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what I've been doing this week? Uh, zero Linux. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just uh, hopped uh, onto uh, the new uh, Calamaris 3.3. Finally, it took me a while. Uh, but uh, as uh, Tyler saw, uh, it's looking badass. Yes, uh, yes. It, it really and- is. You've done some really good work. Yeah, uh, and uh, since we had an interview yesterday, uh, he interviewed me, and he had really good questions, uh, and I applaud you for that, my friend. Thank I applaud you. you. Thank you. Uh, I got, I, I even uh, got caught off guard in some of the questions. So good, uh, because most most interviewers they ask, they regurgitate the same questions that others ask, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, the release is next week. It's uh, it's good. It's done. The ISO is done. I'm going to upload it any any time. Uh, but other than that, I uh, that's all I've been doing. And the Steam Deck, of course. But I'm I've been rage quitting a lot of games. But <laughs> I want to install Zomboid uh, because Tyler got me hooked on it. Well, not hooked, but hooked visually. Rude. I want to try playing it. <laughs> Uh, it's a nice game from the looks of it. Uh, it's very laid back. No, no, no rage quitting there. Uh, Wait, in Project Zomboid? Well, so from what I saw so far, you'll probably rage quit at at some point, only because like the game makes it very clear, like this, like it literally when the game starts, it's like this is how you died, and so like if you go into it assuming that you can survive for months on end, like you'll no, probably no, rage not... quit. 
But it is no, it no. is it is one of those games where as long as you go into it knowing that it's a survival game, it's difficult and you're probably going to die, and that's kind of like how you get better at the game. Then, yeah, it there's real it is very relaxing. That's one of the reasons why yeah. I put in like I've owned like, it for less than a week and I put in over eighty hours into the game. <laughs> yeah, I I keep seeing uh, uh, as your status on uh, on Discord playing Zomboid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I like I tend to prefer relaxing games these days rather than games with challenges, uh, with uh, uh, very hard challenges. Uh, so that's why I'm playing Asterix uh, most of the time. And uh, uh, as I said today on my podcast, uh, uh, Tron Runner because Tron Runner is just running and avoiding obstacles. It's not nothing, no big deal. You die, you repeat, and it's fun. Yeah. Uh, because every time you repeat, it's random. It randomizes the uh, the obstacle and the uh, and the enemy. But other than that, I haven't been doing much uh, because of the power, as you can uh, as you saw. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is why I'm trying to raise more money so I can afford the, the, the generator to keep the power on longer. Because now they're fighting us; they want dollars instead of Lebanese pounds. If we pay in Lebanese pounds, local currency. Uh, they tell us, oh, okay, we're going to give you only uh, six, uh, four hours or six hours of power during the, the entire day. Uh, once you start paying us like we want you to in USD, uh, we'll give you power 24-7. So, but when we pay them in USD, they they increase the value whatever they uh, to, to whatever value they want to the dollar. You need to hop were, in the car and hop across the border or something, man. You need to find yourself. In I'm your- going. I'm going to my sister's wedding. I'm gonna stay there for ten days. Uh, it's gonna be refreshing. You're refreshing. And she was like, I'm "Hey, gonna reset, sis. I'm not leaving. You <laughs> <laughs> got a couch or something. The internet's too here. good here. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> She's fighting me to find remote jobs and stay there. Well, should definitely f- figure that out. All right. Anyways, uh, Tyler, what have you been up to this week? Well, uh, this is me. Great. I'm just gonna put it this out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Uh, so I know Matt wants me to talk about this. So uh, I, for uh, before I go into like the really interesting part that Matt's gonna enjoy, I will go ahead and say obviously I tried out Zero G uh, before doing the interview with Steve, uh, and it was it was actually really good. I did I did encounter some things that like needed needed to be fixed, but Steve fixed them like <laughs> in no time. Like uh, that's one of the great things if you ever want to try out Zero G and you have a problem, uh, Steve will be there to help you. And like, if it's a problem that he needs to fix himself, most likely in like less than two hours, it'll be addressed and fully fixed. So it's nice. But um, uh, after trying it out and everything, I came across a forum and I, I had never really tried using uh, windows 10. And cause I know a lot of people like use, Use Windows 10. It will not upgrade to Windows 11 because they've removed all of the telemetry bullshit on Windows 10 mm. and enjoy it that way. And so I wanted to try out how like how broken or like what will break when you do remove all the telemetry stuff. And I can firmly say that if you remove uh, not necessarily every single bit of the Microsoft telemetry, but if you remove an overwhelming majority of it. Um, stuff starts to break pretty quickly. 
And I domino effect as a domino. Effect. Yes, I cannot believe that so many people on a forum were talking about how great Windows 10 was when you removed all of the telemetry. One of the wildest things that I've had happen is Windows is really good. So is KDE, but um, normally with a lot of desktop environments and stuff, they struggle with vertical ultra wide monitors, which is what I love, and I have over here next to my my main monitor. Um, I love it for like chat when you're streaming and stuff. And there's a lot of text stuff that makes sense on this big, tall monitor. Um, and windows is really good about like, you know, when you drag a window to the top half section on the side, like it's going to split it in half or do quarters. Like it's normally really good about that. Um, with windows 10, if you remove a, a majority of the telemetry for some unexplicable reason that I cannot explain. It just stops working. Uh, so all I can do is maximize a window. But the really, really, really weird part is it now when I try to maximize a window on my ultrawide, there's always like a little sliver of the screen that's just not being used. Uh, at all and like I can't get a window to automatically maximize and take up that space so I have to like manually click and drag it over and that's just a good example of stuff that breaks that has no rhyme or reason for why it this should This is what break. people don't understand like there's mini uh, Windows 11 there's Revy 11 there's a million different mini versions of Windows 11 with all the telemetry and all unnecessary stuff uh, removed, but when you start using it and installing your stuff and making it your daily driver, the domino effect. Starts. Yep. And it, 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 it's just been one of those things where, like, I am, uh, I'm very happy to say that I'll be moving, uh, moving back to Linux most likely before the day's over. Um, although I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go. Uh, I told Matt before not we started. Zero? Well, not zero? Well, uh, I actually told Matt before before you actually, I, I don't think you were even in the call, uh, but uh, I told Matt the right now the three distros I'm looking at are 0G, Vanilla Arch, or Debian. And Debian, I can almost say with certainty, will, will not be the one I go with. Um, just because of, you know, like I, I do want stability, but Debian stability comes at a major fucking cost. Like if you want a modern package, like you're pretty much dicked, like you're not getting it. And, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to go with zero G. I think, I think I'm going to install zero G, uh, zero G, like just to try it out, play with the Gnome edition. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it. So if, if I don't end up sticking with zero G, I'm probably going to go to vanilla arch. And then I'm probably going to have eventually, and I'm not doing this to just placate Steve, just so anyone's watching and thinks this, I'll most likely go back to zero Linux. Once you've gotten all of the Calamaris updated stuff and all that gets next released. Week. Yeah, yeah. Next week. I'll probably go there after vanilla arch uh, and stick there for quite a while. Cause I, I really do like what you've done with the system. It's very, it's very and, nice. And, and uh, this is something Matt is going to like. They released four updates for K screen in the past few days. Oh, it's good. But not my problem with that is that, uh, yeah, they'll fix a lot of bugs, but they'll have introduced like 30 or 40 more. Yeah. Uh, K, K, K screen is just not, <laughs> that, that, it's one of the issues, but it's not the only one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you have multi-monitor, just turn that service off. It, it will save you so much 
<laughs> Trouble. It's off by uh, by default and zero limit. Yeah, it's, it's just just turn it off. It'll be good. All right. So, um, real quickly, what I've done, been doing this week, I, I have two things to talk about. First, very quickly, uh, I've turned the Steam Deck on exactly one time in the last seven days. Um, so I'm not yeah. surprised at all. Um, Turns out didn't actually help my gaming habits at all. All right, so Matt, Matt, you are my brother from another mother. <laughs> I just it it sits in its case, and every time I turn it on, it has like twelve or fourteen up, uh, updates for every game that I have installed on it, and they're all like astonishingly huge in terms of size, which is just come on. With man. the exception of uh, Dead Zone. Yeah, that's only like one gigabyte, but there's, I have like um I have Apex Legends on there, which I've never played. Oh, by the way. Like, good God, get that but, shit off like, of there! Has, has, well, it was free. I was looking for free to play games, and that's one of them. So I was like, I downloaded. I haven't played it yet. Uh, the NBA 2K one always takes up a lot of. Anyways, I always have to accept that it sits because you can't. It will not update those games when the screen is turned off when it's in sleep mode. Ah uh, no, when it's in sleep mode, Wi-Fi will not. Yeah, you have to leave. You have to leave it on. Eventually, the screen does turn off, and it like will, you know, keep updating. Stop everything. But the the eventually the, the network gets shut off. It's just the dumbest thing ever. Which means you have to let it sit there and just eat power while it's downloading a hundred gigabytes worth of stuff. It's yeah. In the Steam Deck's defense, though, like if you, if the screen is off and it's on, and you because I do that all the time, I plug it up and I just like leave it because, especially if you've got a large library of games on that Steam Deck, like obviously there's going to be updates that need to be done. Um, the one thing that I will say in its defense is if that screen is off and you check the power draw on it, it's normally between one and two watts. Like it's nothing. Like it's less than a light bulb. It's it's good. It's been all, it's it's been sitting on my uh, on my couch here next to my bed. Uh, for the past three days, I haven't touched it in the past three days, and it only lost like five percent. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. I want an option. Just, it, dude, it's yeah. Linux. Give yeah. me an option yeah. to say to say, hey, do updates at a certain time at night. I will deal with the fact that the battery is going to be dead the next time I want to go play. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Or just let me turn that on for one. You know, say, hey, schedule the updates for tonight. I will know in advance to have it charged up, and then I can turn this option off. Until the next time I need to schedule updates, I don't want to have to come back to every time. It's just um. Anyways, that that's not the only thing I want to talk about. I don't want to get into into the Steam Deck thing. The other thing is that I I found a Gen 2 install script that looked really promising, so I used it on my laptop. And it turns out that there's a really good reason why you should never use a Gen 2 install script. They just there's Gen 2 is way too complicated for an install script. They did a really good job on this one, by the way. It, it was really well put together. They have a whole incursus menu. It creates like a configuration file that it goes that that the install script then will take your options from. And they even have integrated ButterFS RAID support and all this stuff. It's very well done. Uh if it worked, <laughs> but it, it, I think I'm going to try it one more time because the, 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 fir, the first two, t the first time it would not update or synchronize the times for whatever reason. So I switched to another live environment to try again and, and it finally got past that part. And I, I did that third time, get it to install Gen 2, install Gen 2. And I had a, supposedly it's installed Gen 2, but I could not get it to boot. Uh, it wouldn't even load grub so there was definitely it's oh it's always grub by the way like anytime you you mess up a gen 2 install or an arch install or something like that 
95% of the time the, where you messed up was rub. Like <laughs> that's or, just... or doing a Linux kernel, like manual Linux kernel. Those yeah. two right there. Well, normally, well, actually you're right. Cause half the times when you do your own manual kernel, the problem is not the manual kernel, but the grub compatibility. <laughs> yeah. Plus the, most of the time, I mean, I don't think I've ever compiled the gen, when I did gen two, the times you guys helped me and I would with red core now and with, with the gen two install script, all of them use the, the, the kernel binary, all of them. No. So, um, every single time I've ever had a problem with arch or gen two, it's almost always been grub. Like, grub. Like, look, grub is fantastic, but man, is it not? <laughs> not also not that fantastic because it's just gonna mess you up. All right. Anyways, we do have to jump into the news because we're you know we're, we're running out of time. So, uh, Steve, your first news item of the week. All right. Uh, it's the KDE console now works on Windows. Not surprising. Uh, and more plasma Wayland fixes and all these. More updates for Plasma, but one of the ones that caught my eye was uh, the uh, timeout uh, uh, of inactivity before sleeping is now 15 minutes by default and will generate the correct power profile for the convertible laptop. What was it before? This, was it five minutes before? Something like that. It yeah, was, I believe it was. It was really short. Yeah, and the other one that caught my eye, I don't know if it it's interesting to you, but they improved the SDDM login screen. Now works with touchscreen in the Plasma Wayland session. Mm. Uh, and fixing mm. w the way application could uh, could crash under Plasma Wayland session when the display goes to sleep. A lot of people complain about that. Okay, so can I, guys? I want to like KDE so much. Like, I desperately want this thing to be so good because I love customization. I want to customize everything. But when I see a headline like the the top thing in this th thing, like one of the top things is console now works on Windows. Yeah. Um. Could we? I, I I mean maybe here's an idea. Try to make your software less buggy before we make it work on Windows where no one's going to use it. And why why are they so proud that? Everything works on Windows. I mean, like, okay, we're, trying so, to move, we're trying to move away from right, Windows, are, not there, back to Windows. There are some there are some applications that KDE is involved with that make sense on Windows, like Krita. Krita makes sense on Windows, right? Because it's yeah. you know it's a cross-platform yeah. thing. You want it to work, whatever. It gives people an alternative to Photoshop. And Caden Live. Yeah, Caden. Yeah, Caden Live. Another perfect example. Console. Probably not so much, right? So for Chris, first of all, I, I mean, I mean, I suppose, mate, I mean, no, the, the, like, let's be honest. They're really, they're really, as someone be, who is sitting on Windows at this exact time, not, not happily, like I'll say that, but as someone who is sitting on Windows at this very moment, I could not come up with any reason at all that I would want to run console on here other than I'm a KDE developer and for whatever reason I'm on Windows. Yeah, like, that ha <laughs> th this has to be for them. But and I know this is a Pharonix a Pharonix article, so they didn't do this, but I'm assuming that they put these in the article in the order that Nate put them on the blog. That's like number yeah. 2 on the list. Like this, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and another thing to the SDDM point you thing you talked about, Steve. Could we, I mean, uh, great that it works with touch screens, and I, I I'm I'm that's a big feature that I'm sure that needed to be happened. But SDDM is one of the buggiest pieces of KDE software that exists. 
maybe that's make... why a lot of that's why a lot of uh, people have been pushing me uh, to switch to uh, LightDM by default because every time people on hybrid graphics cannot log in, they get a black screen. I tell them just type to LightDM and switch to LightDM. So why not include it by default instead of SDDM? Because it's not customizable. Well, LightDM is customized. If we're being completely honest, not really. Not no, really. You no, can it, the wall, but... no, it, no. I'll stop you there. It is completely customizable. You can theme the shit out of it. You really can't. But I've you have to. Before. But you have. But you have to use LightDM WebKit something. Yes. To... Yes. Yeah. That's the main problem. Is like it is customizable, but nowhere near the level of SDM or SDDM or really for that matter most other login managers. Well, G- GDM's so, not customizable at all. Okay. Well, that doesn't. Well, I don't. Is. I don't really it count is. that it one. Is. <laughs> Wait, because I I have a tool on zero G that ships on zero G called uh, it just, GDM settings. Yes, it but just, you're hacking it. That's it like that's ju- the difference. It, it just <laughs> changes because this by by default the way they meant it to be work is just the wallpaper that you can change, right? Yeah. On GDM, e- everything else that you can do through GDM is essentially the same way that you're doing it in GNOME. Like you're applying hacks. It's GNOME. Like, tw- it's not really. Yeah. It's basically GNOME tweaks, right? For yeah. the, the the display yeah. manager, and and that's you know that that's fine. I mean that's just the way GNOME works and, and the gnome yeah. stuff is never going to be as customizable as kd stuff yeah. expecting it to be as customizable as K- that, that none of that was was the point the point was the sddm is horribly buggy maybe they should vote fo- I mean, it doesn't I, it doesn't work with the hybrid graphics that's the well, as soon as you switch to that you're done yeah. you have to switch but what we're talking about is the difficult stuff to address and like that's well, really in kde and most kde projects like and this is not a diss towards them at all because um, most people prefer this and like this about KDE is they are constantly adding new features or fixing the like the critical errors with stuff. If it's not a necessarily critical error, but it's something that needs to be addressed, yeah, but it takes long. Have, but having it work on hybrid graphics, I think that would uh, be part of the critical things. <laughs> the problem is, is not everybody has hybrid graphics, so well, they're like, I, I'm sure that it's hard to test because. You know, they'd have to have the hardware to test it, but I'm sure that someone in their community with some developer knowledge could help, would volunteer to help them. Yeah. But that, that individual. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to address. Uh, uh, to, 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 they need to work more on SDDM. It's the thing that gets the least amount of love. No. I mean, we well, it's 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 overlooked. If we're being honest, yeah. it really is. It's just overlooked, and I understand why. Like, there's a lot with the desktop that, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of features that have recently been added, and those require bug fixes and stuff, and there's constantly stability stuff with the actual main desktop being worked on, and really, in all honesty, as a developer, I do understand it being hard to find, uh, or as... As a development team, I, I understand it being hard to find developers wanting to work on SDDM just because even if you do something really cool there, a very, very small portion of people will actually, uh, I guess the best term would be respect it or like, you know, really appreciate it. Um, so I, I do understand yeah. that, but like, I completely agree with you guys. Like it, it absolutely does need to be addressed and like worked on more. and, and, and the, in the article, they allude to the third point release. So there will be a third point release. I thought it was LTS and it wasn't going to 
They brought, it's the last they, KDE The problem is they always bring release. out so many new features. They have to release point releases because they, with every new yeah. feature, they have to bring them up. I will say this again, and I, I've heard Niccolo's argument about why they can't do it. I understand whatever. I don't, I don't agree with it, but he knows way more about KDE than I'm ever going to. But a freeze in features for a year would solve this problem. The problem is not only is would it go away from their release schedule, you know, whatever. But also, guys, we just have to admit that fixing bugs isn't fun. Adding yep. new features is, right? Yep. So yep. Uh, at fix, fixing bugs, trying to figure out how to fix bugs, what's actually going on, what's causing the bugs, all this, you know, this triage that you have to do in order to fix stuff. It's not fun. It's time-consuming, and it burns developers out like crazy. So the, the problem with KDE, it's not actual. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, developers, in-house developers. It's mostly uh, community-driven. And community so, community developers are looking to have fun, and like yeah. that's one of the reasons why KDE's feature set is so wide. It's like there's a lot to play around with with a desktop. Like if we're being honest, like well, and they you know if there's not a feature there that you want, you just go make it and. KDE is so great about just hey you know hey inter- integrate this stuff it's really cool plus the the new features that they have garner you know attention and stuff right so and yeah. whereas yeah. bug fixing a bug I mean yeah us nerds are gonna pay attention to it and yeah you, you fix the bug but most people are gonna be like hey that's what you're supposed to be doing right but a feature- uh, the way I do it nowadays, whenever I re- encounter a bug, I don't report it on their bug reporter because their bug reporter is a nightmare. <laughs> well, it's because it's so full. And there's just so much there. And not only that, it's really hard for a new user to find his way uh, there. And look at me. I'm a distro uh, maintainer, and uh, I cannot find my yeah, way Yeah, that, that form I, I, is not easy to fill out. You have to have some technical yeah. knowledge to fill that form and out. So... So what I do is I just go to their Telegram and I message them there. So, yeah. Don't deal. Which um, I th- I think in the future when it comes to a lot of like not just KDE's KDE's bug reporting but bug reporting in general, it's going to move to more messaging platforms like Discord, Telegram, and stuff because it it honestly just makes more sense, especially especially when the whole goal of bug reporting is to have normal well, regular users tell you what they're having issues with. It, a normal regular user doesn't want to go to some random it, ass form that like has a ton of technical no, but, bullshit but, but, on no, it. No, but you you're, you're right, but, but now since Matt and I have uh, set up a forum style in Discord mm-hmm. uh, where people can create uh, uh, threads, forum threads basically. Uh, to which we uh, once it's solved, we can just add a add a tag that's with a check mark, green check mark to say solved, uh, which is great on you, Matt. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it was J- but, it was J Dog's uh, idea. It was it was all him. <laughs> I didn't even know yeah, those things existed. You, they were great, they're, but they're great. You, you might. You must admit that having a forum in Discord is amazing. Yeah, it, it allows us to keep track of every it's issue. The only way a bug tracker outside of an actual bug tracker would work, because Telegram would not. Like, like guys, I, I understand. No. I understand. You want a, a great way to go interact with the developers is probably a, like Telegram. 
but the last thing they want to have to do is start scrolling back through you know hundreds and thousands yeah, that's of why i close my telegram to, yeah. to actually say, oh this was here's a bug here's a bug whatever it's just not organized enough so it, it has to be a form of some kind it has to be Discord. A, you know a bug tracker and, and i and i mean the problem we're really spending a lot of freaking time on this but the 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 thing is is that a lot of people don't want to join Discord. Like if, if you're in the open source community, you don't want yeah. you don't necessarily want to join Discord because it's proprietary they, and there's a lot of they don't want to give they don't want to give their number. Well, yeah, and in order to get a lot of the features of Discord, you do have to have 2FA enabled, um, which which is not something that not, like I know a lot of people who don't want to have 2FA enabled, even if it is safer for them, but they don't want to have to, to deal with that mess because. Let's just face it. A lot of two FA applications that people are going to use are from proprietary corporations. Now, uh, for those of yeah. you who don't have two FA enabled but would like it, use something like you know KeePass XC that has it built in. Use Bitwarden, Bitwarden. that has it built in. Um, well, and also, especially nowadays, like if you really like if you would like to use platforms that require 2fa and you don't want to have to give out your real phone number or any like private information like that for one i think it's like 25 bucks like usd pretty much worldwide to get a post like a fake post office box so you can get a fake address that you can use and get a burner phone and like you don't even have to pay for service for it just get a prepaid one well, and only pay the prepaid when you know you're going to need it google, like google I, I know that costs money google voice is also an option um yes, yes but but i don't know if you guys have seen this but a lot of places that require you to give them their your phone number don't accept google fo- voice numbers anymore yes they yes. consider they consider it voip and yeah uh, because it's voip they won't they, they won't accept it all right we do there's some nice weed eating going on. <laughs> There's definitely something going on there. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, Tyler, your first one. Yes, mine is about Ubuntu. Uh, and Well, mainly canonical Ubuntu, because uh, this is kind of an enterprise thing. But Ubuntu now officially supports the Microchips Polar Fire SoC FPGA Icicle Kit RISC-V board. I'm going to stop you right there. Developers of software and hardware alike, if you're going to do something like this, don't name it. Just, just don't even bother. That's, that's that's horrible. Actually, no, let's just, let's just, I'm going to spend a brief second on this. Please, for the love of God, if you are going to make a device, a piece of software or something, if you can't reasonably speak the, the name of the device or the term for it, whatever, in a second, you fucked up. Like, I shouldn't have to speak an entire sentence to say your name. Like, just please. You, you need stop. a comma or a semicolon in your name. You probably named it something a little bit too long. Yes. <laughs> like but, Elon Musk with his uh, children's name. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Like hyphen something. Like, ridiculous. That guy so, took but, the weed a little bit too far. I'm just putting that out there <laughs> yes he did as a stoner i can completely agree with that so but anyway with canonical that so they've released the support with for this risk five board which is actually pretty good because there is i mean the 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 name for the device does exactly tell you what it is it's a little overly descriptive but whatever uh when it comes to like risk five i am 
I I really don't think that Risk Five is going to be something where it's a desktop, laptop, or even mobile competitor for the next ten years. I I think it's going to take probably a decade before it really does become competitive in the space. But for everyone who is open source minded, um, free software minded, this is something that is really good to see that's being worked on. And if you are a developer, then I would highly suggest supporting stuff like like these these types of hardware uh, advancements. Just because if there is no one purchasing them, if there's no one really buying them in the consumer space, they'll they'll never really see a potential value in moving to the consumer space. It, it has so. it has it has to be something that they the company wants first of all, right? But also, it has to be – you can't come out with a board right now and have it be less than the Raspberry Pi. You know, it has to compete, yeah. compete with the Raspberry Pi. If, if you go buy a, a board that costs the same amount and it doesn't do as much, then you're going to have a bad experience and you're going to want to go buy a Raspberry Pi. You know, so – I really wanted the uh, Kados Edge 2. But... <laughs> well, like – the, the thing about this, though, guys, is that this kind of stuff is going to happen because there are big companies behind like, R- R- Risk Five, yes. like and, Apple, Apple, Microsoft, yeah. Google. They're and, they're all supporters of Risk Five. Uh, yes. Nvidia and and um, uh, um, what's the well, what's the one that um, even further Qualcomm. than just the com- the companies that want to get invested in Risk Five, Risk Five as a platform is. Um, incredible like the idea of having open open hardware like risk five uh, risk five is it like just in case people don't know this risk five architecture is much much more similar to arm compared to x86 it's it's not like it's like arm or x86 but it's much closer towards the arm side of things so the way the architecture is set up it's 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 much more efficient and per the companies that are supporting risk five are really pushing forward this idea of not just manufacturers, but also consumers being able to custom build and pick out components for their hardware. And one of the things about uh, support coming to this kind of board and these kind of development boards coming out to the consumer market that makes them very, very good is I mean, th- this board, for example, has NVMe slots on it. It's got an SD card slot. It's got two Ethernet ports. Uh, like, it also, just in case you didn't know this, it's got a GPU slot on it. So if you want to throw a GPU in this fucking bad boy, you can. Um, how would that even, I mean, how would that even, what GPU is going to support, what GPU supports RISC-V? Any of them? Well, I don't I don't know that it would necessarily have to support Risk five, as long as the Risk five architecture is built to support the GPU, yeah, then okay. it should be fine. Uh, so, so, so really, building, in all honesty, I, I would I would be interesting to see if somebody actually like pops a forty ninety in. <laughs> oh my god! Well, well I, we also do have to do have you, you do have to keep in mind that this the processor. If you look at the board, it's a very small chip. And there's no heat sink on it. It's gonna so, set itself on fire. Yeah, it, 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 it's yeah, it's not like it's gonna do 4K gaming or some crazy shit like that. But these kinds of hard or this kind of hardware progression is really important for the future of open hardware, which 
pretty much as it stands now doesn't exist. There is no such thing as open hardware anymore. I mean, sadly enough, even if you think about a ThinkPad and you're like, oh, a ThinkPad is completely open source. If you think that, you're fucking lying to yourself. It's not. Uh, there's multiple pieces, and especially if you're using a half-decent Wi-Fi card, I bet you that bitch is not open source. Oh, guaranteed. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that th- th- this article did kind of uh, make me feel happy about is even though these kinds of boards right now are mainly aimed towards developers and obviously the more enterprise environment, there's nothing excluding, especially price-wise, from the consumer developer market getting in on this. And I think that's probably going to set us up for success. If you're a developer and you have a couple extra hundred bucks to blow on some, you know, Risk Five uh, boards to mess around and play with, I think it would be especially beneficial for the future of open source and Linux and everything else. Yeah, for the growth. Yeah, okay, for you yeah, to go yeah, ahead and course, get it course. and start working on this kind of stuff. It, it, if a lot of applications. Uh, especially now, have unnecessarily good RISC-V support. That's only going to benefit us for the future, because I I do really, really hope that in the future we can move towards, uh, especially in the open source community, having our own kind of separate hardware that is competitive with the normal. And think about it this way. Think about it this way. Uh, uh, Imagine you have a a washing machine or a dryer or whatever running on RISC-V. It's more, uh, it would be better for that to happen. At this point, we know everything that's running on that. uh, It's open, open source. You can at least check it because now your fucking toaster might have some proprietary hardware in it that's also got some proprietary software. Yeah, Yeah. the toaster and pay the toaster repairman and the washing machine repairman and whatever. With Risk Five, that opens the door for you to be able to do your own self repairs and 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 also just feel comfortable that the because I mean like a Hall or Huawei or whatever is a good example of uh, you know hardware manufacturers doing something not necessarily proven to be malicious but very very possibly being malicious at the very least in the future if we if we're able to get more Risk Five integrated into things it's going to be much more comfortable to rely on the community around the hardware to know yeah. whether or not if it's doing community support yeah. yeah and and community support like the raspberry pi has a huge community behind it that's why uh, uh, it's loved by so many people yeah. uh it's it, it it's, it's an amazing thing to start using uh, the, things like that i would hope so biggest issue guys is going to be the traditional linux open source problem and when you create something that's open, everyone's going to create their own version of it and doesn't mean that those things are necessarily going to be interoperable, right? Yeah, One of the reasons true. why Raspberry Pi has a huge following is because when you want to develop for the Raspberry Pi, you can develop for the Raspberry Pi and it will work across the vast majority of their hardware, right? Yeah. And that's not necessarily going to be the, the truth about RISC-V because, you know, you know Microsoft can make their own RISC-V thing and, and Apple and uh, System76 or, you know, whatever. Every company is going to make their own thing. And is everything going to be interoperable? If if somebody makes a uh, an application that runs on RISC-V, will it run on every RISC-V? Well, I think the big, the big thing it will be when it comes to RISC-V itself, it is open in nature. So I feel like it's probably going to be one of those things where 
I mean, Apple or whatever big companies are going to have their own versions with some uh, hardware that they've specially made added in there. But I think in the vast no, majority gonna, of cases... They're going to close source it. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, of course they are. But at the same time, I think it's, it's going to be one of those things where if RISC-V development is being done at an enterprise level widely, the the odds that that trickles down and improves the consumer well, market for open platforms is much better. Like if you think about it like this, uh, one of the big things hardware wise that like system 76 and all of these different open source manufacturers struggle with is they can't get deals with yeah. bigger manufacturers. And mm. in all odds, if, if there's 15 different manufacturers for risk five and like, you know, the variance in quality is you know very little between them all. The odds that those open source manufacturers can strike a deal, you know, with, with one of the other manufacturers or, you know, for hard specific component hardware pieces, it's going to be higher. There I'm not a, saying it's guaranteed. There but. is an, a, a, a scenario here where one manufacturer, one maker of Risk Five becomes the most popular, and that's the yes. one everything uses. But the thing that you guys, we we have to take into account here is that one of the reasons why computers have become such a big thing in the world, personal and enterprise and all this stuff, is because of standards, right? X86 is a standard. It may not be an open standard, but it is a standard that companies use and it means that if i want to run an application it doesn't matter if i have an intel cpu or amd cpu i can run that application it should work right yeah. um yeah. the the thing that linux and open source software hates the most is standards they, yep. they despite okay case in point system d system d is a standard right standard. but you have those guys out there uh that hate system d now it's a small portion of you know the community right but they're there right and you know that's obviously a, a a huge you know example but there's you name it there's a an example for this you know uh, uh you want a different grub or uh, different boot menu than grub it, it exists right if you want a different uh display manager you you can choose between 10 different display managers we don't have standards and that's just the nature of open source because if you don't like something, you can go create something yourself. And it's going to be the same thing with this. And that's what worries me most about Risk Five is that if someone doesn't like the way this particular CPU works, they could go make their own CPU, which is a fantastic thing to do. But the interoperability there then ceases to exist unless they come come up with some kind of way to make that work. Um, now I'm not a, I'm not a technical guy any at all, so maybe there's ways to get around that but we do have to move on uh to the to the next one uh so my my first one is that uh vanilla os has ditched ubuntu and moved to debian uh, they're moving to debian sid which is like i thought that they'd move to debian stable but no they move into debian sid um and, and th- they bring up multiple reasons the, the biggest one they said that they want to be closer to uh the they want to be closer to the stream of from GNOME, so they want to be closer to the development of GNOME. For whatever reason, they think Debian is going to be that. And apparently, they were using Ubuntu's version of GNOME, which they because Ubuntu makes a whole bunch of changes, so they want to be as close to vanilla GNOME as possible. My my question then is why they didn't try to base it on Fedora, but you know, what probably because Silverblue already exists, but whatever. Uh, the second reason that they gave was Snaps. Um, 
I mean, are we surprised at whatsoever that snaps? And then the third reason that they gave was they want to be in charge of its own release cadence, which is more possible because Debian literally never changes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they're going to be completely in control because they're going to be able to control, you know, if they want to include some of the stuff from back porch, they can do that. If they want to do whatever they want to do in order to keep their the kernel where it needs to be or whatever, they can do that. Um all valid points. All valid. Yeah, points. I, I, th I think some people are going to see this as a, uh, as a kick to a, a, in the pants to Ubuntu, but I, I don't think Canonical gives a rat's ass about oh, this. Oh, they don't. Right? They don't. I mean, they don't. I mean, I, I saw some people in the comments saying like, oh, you know. Uh, th this is really bad for Ubuntu. Like, but, eh, first of all, vanilla. If if you guys have tried a vanilla OS, it's still very very early in development. It has some, it has some. I mean, there's a reason why they can move from Ubuntu to Debian and not really worry about it so much because they're still basically in alpha mode. You know. And and it's and and it's it's been kickstarted by a single guy, the creator of uh, Bottle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, so. It, they're so fluid and be able to move this because they're still very, very early in, in the development. But also, Canonical doesn't care who bases stuff off from their thing. There's a, re I mean, the the Mint, the Mint developers have had so many really horrible things to say about Ubuntu over the years. Canonical still doesn't give a rat's ass, right? <laughs> they just they just yeah, don't care. Exactly. Um, it's a corporation. Ubuntu is a corporation. They don't. Those are small fish. They don't care yeah. about them. I'm still surprised that they chose Sid, which is more of a rolling release style. It's good they chose Sid. I I saw it as a great move. Uh, well, when I when I read the article, I was like, great job on moving to Sid because imagine imagine vanilla OS moves to Arch, for example. Oh come on. Yeah, another Arch district. Like it it, it is yeah. one of those things where I find it I find it very interesting that they chose Sid because for one. Most people wouldn't assume that's what you move to, so like that's good. Because again, like 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 Matt said, I, most people I would assume are like me and assuming, well, me and Matt, we both assume that they would move towards something like stable, which makes more sense. Like, well, for for a immutable distro, it seems to make more sense, but also. Exactly. Sid gives them access to more recent packages. It's not necessarily. I don't think that it's the rolling release nature of the the distro that they particularly care about. More that it gives them access to newer packaging, which is more important than using the crusty old shit that Debian uh, stable will give you. Because yeah. Debian stable is still. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is on 5.15 for its kernel. Yeah. Which is just. I mean. That's a, that's a four-year-old kernel at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if it's actually four years old, but it's really old. We're at like 6.2 now. 6.3 is in development. 6.4. I don't know, even uh, I don't even know if my hardware is supported by that, like my graphics card. Like 5.15 is real. Now, obviously, you can get back ports and stuff on stable. You can get up to six. That's and I know you can get up to six because that's what Josh was trying to do. He was he was stuck on six. He want he needed to get to six point two, but it was not in back ports yet, and, and maybe not will, probably won't be because they're moving to Bookworm pretty soon. So, you know, the problem with stable is that it's so crusty and so far behind, even with back ports. So Sid makes a hell of a lot of sense because it gives them control over the versions of what they have. But it doesn't go and, as and far were, as going the whole Arch thing. <laughs> right. And they want to be stable, and they want to be more uh, on something that can be stable. So I'm like, I want, all the arguments they presented in the article are all valid. I don't see any anything wrong with any of the choices they made. 
So congrats on uh, on the move because I was wondering why did they be, uh, be why did he begin basing it on Ubuntu? Uh, I was like, he should have gone Debian in the beginning because I don't want to number well, one, I don't want to see yet another Arch distro. Josh brought uh, up a good point. See, Ubuntu uses Debian SID for like a lot of their stuff too. Like that's where they pull a lot of their stuff, and it is actually a good thing that they didn't go anywhere else because like I I do get why they would go with Ubuntu out of the start because if you're trying to make a new distro. Um, you probably want to use something that a lot a lot of people are already familiar with, at least in some way, especially with something like Vanilla OS, because it does do a lot of different things that set it apart. But at the main core of it, you want to have something that people can start using right away and like at least have some familiarity with. Um, the interesting part about it is them moving away from Ubuntu because of snaps, or at least like using that as one of the top three reasons for moving away, which ironically to me i i kind of agree with you steve like why would you even like if if all of the developers are not enamored with snaps which like let's be honest like there's like five percent of the consumer market out there that's like yeah we love snaps and everyone else is just like can we not like flat packs work and great <laughs> like somebody and, and, somebody and, out and, there has the snap t-shirt <laughs> like i guess has the snap <laughs> d logo on it or the the, the cap or whatever <laughs> yeah. no but it's the only one a, they as ever sold <laughs> as, a, as a distro maintainer i didn't include snap support on zero linux by default but they can add it of course later on Nobody re- um, complained about it. Yeah. Zero, absolutely zero people complained about no snap support. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, tech support, well, tech support. It's because flat packs are a thing. And I, and, and, and I, flat packs are just better. I, I know, no. I, I, I watched DT's video on, on, on app images and stuff again. <laughs> He's such a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, we, guys, we have to move on. We still have three things to go, and we only have 15 minutes to do them in. So we got a lightning round. So first, contact information. If you want to find uh, us, then contact us in any way you can do so. There's plenty of ways for you to find out. You can go to the website. The Linuxcast.org is the website. There you'll find blog posts and previous episodes going all the way back to Season 1. All that stuff is there. Um we were talking about Anchor in the pre-show. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping I don't have to switch away from Anchor because having to change all those links will be a pain in the ass. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to learn regex in order to do it because there's no way I'm doing it manually. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting this out there. Uh, and anyways, uh, you can find all of that stuff there at the website. If you want, uh, uh, Tyler has a YouTube channel where he occasionally scre- streams and stuff like that. So he's on YouTube.com slash ZanioG. Uh, Steve is also on YouTube and many other places. Uh, he's on YouTube at youtube.com slash at zero Linux zero with an X, um, not with a Z. Um, all the links and stuff for all the contact information you can find at linuxcast.org slash contact. And you guys should be very, very proud of me because I did this without any of the contact information in front of me. So I did it all from memory. It's fantastic. Email for the Linuxcast is email at the linuxcast.org. If you're on older episodes, I mistakenly said email at the thelinkscast.com, which is not a thing. Uh, thelinkscast.com does work. I do own that. It just you know, redirects, but the email address doesn't exist. Uh, and finally, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast, and you should subscribe to Linuxcast, where I do 
four or five videos a week about Linux and stuff. That's youtube.com slash linuxcast. If you're watching it on YouTube right now, hit that red subscribe button because I'm a YouTuber and I'm supposed to say that. It's in the bylaws. Okay, moving on to the next one. Or uh, Steve, your last link. My last link is about Box x86 and Box 64 uh, release for running Linux x86 64 programs uh, on ARM. Why did I choose that? Because I own a Raspberry Pi and I always struggled with running uh, x86 applications that don't exist uh, uh, as ARM uh, that don't exist for ARM uh, on that thing. That's one of the reasons why it, ga it sat there gathering dust. But with this update, I don't think uh, it will be gathering dust anymore because now it allows us to uh, uh, to run n normal applications on uh, the Raspberry Pi, on the likes of the Raspberry Pi. And it also brings with it better Gallium 3D, uh, ga uh, Gallium 3D9 and D3D9 support. So, yay! Raspberry Pi lives again. That sounds really cool. And that's obviously one of the biggest things you have to worry about if you get an ARM, like a, you know, a Pinebook or something like that. You have to be able to use your applications, and there's not a lot of ones that yeah. do it natively. Um, and and now and now with this with this uh, update, it also allows me to build packages from the AUR that were supposed to run on x86 or x86-64 architecture to run natively on the Raspberry Pi, which is an ARM Goodbye. Yeah. Um, uh, nice. uh, it's I'm loving it. Really cool. All right, uh, Tyler, your next one. Lightning round, oh. guys. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. So mine is Linux 6.4 is slated to start removing old, unused, and unmaintained PCMCIA drivers. Uh, if you don't know what those are, don't. It doesn't matter because you probably have never seen one. Uh, and if you're buying, uh, will you? <laughs> yeah, if you're buying one of these, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. They, but, they, Laptop for those kids out there. Laptops used to have like actual expansion card slots in the next one, and I'm not talking like an SD card, like actual like you could put. I think they actually made like a GPU that you could put yeah, in there. Yeah, GPUs, disk drives, like everything. Sound cards, like sound cards were the big one because you wanted to, if you were an audiophile. Another another Wi-Fi big, cards another as big well. one. Yeah. Another big one that we mentioned on my podcast earlier because we mentioned we talked about that subject. Uh, was uh, credit card swiping machine. Oh, that's my God. That's right. I totally forgot about that. You could do that. I remember those in the back, <laughs> back in the day. There were a ton of these things, but they weren't popular in terms of, like, every manufacturer made them. Like you, had, No. It was like, but some companies still use them. So well, dropping this, they would Hold on. Them... Let's be completely honest. Some companies still do use them. However, it would cost about $40 for them to upgrade okay. to something no, no, different. No. The, 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 th the thing here is that companies that still use them, I guarantee, aren't using the most latest kernel. Those guys are all using an LTS kernel from like 10 years ago. It's yes. almost Good guaranteed point. they're going to – this is not going to affect those companies at all. Yeah. At least not Matt, for a very long Matt, time. Matt, 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 good news. Government electricity, so we don't have to go as fast. Oh, awesome. Switch. Awesome. Well, but uh, so I'll, I'll still no, 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 Hold on a second, guys. Before we, I just I just want to comment on the unpredictability. Like like there's just like some Homer Simpson like guy at the power plant. Like so, oh, you want 
I think today we're going to give them some power. <laughs> and then if he's not drunk enough the next day or he forgets or something like that, ah, shut that damn thing off. You don't need it. <laughs> like he's just too busy eating it's, donuts. It's random. It's random. This is how I live my life in Lebanon. It's random. Like, random. Either that or there's no guy at all and somebody just wrote a bash script and it's like it's 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 our it's slash dev random and that's how they probably figured it out. <laughs> Probably. Now, before I forget, because one part of one part of this article that I do want to stress is uh, a big kernel devel- uh, developer, Bergman. Uh, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of him. I've seen him mentioned quite a few. It's not like I know the guy or have ever heard or spoken to him directly, but he's he's a pretty big kernel developer, and he he made a comment on uh, on them removing. Uh, this on the mailing list and his comment was the two important use cases that i see for the drivers slash pcm cia error card bus devices on old laptops which work with normal pci device drivers and cf card storage just for embedded systems if we can separate the two by moving native card bus to drivers pci hot plug but drop support for 16-bit pcm cia devices and card bus slots this will hopefully get a lot easier um, I, if you don't understand anything that I just said, or you read the article yourself and you're like I'm confused, literally what he's talking about is there is some, there is some, um, of these old devices that can, that do have a valid use case still and most likely don't need to be axed completely. Okay. Can can I hit back at this guy just for a minute? And I remember, I'm not yeah. a Linux developer yeah. of any sort, a developer of any sort, really. I'm just uh, I'm just getting started with Python, so don't don't at me. But Linux, the Linux kernel guys need a poll system, straw poll or something like that. That they, that they push out and say, hey, we're thinking about removing this thing. How many people actually use it? Because the the Linux, the, they need to stop supporting code for four people. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, like this guy brings up such a niche use case. Yes. Of, of anything, right? I guarantee that. Okay, maybe there are ten people in the entire world that have this scenario. That yeah. that's not justification for keeping it in the kernel. Now, if it was a thousand people, sure, fine, whatever. I don't know what the cutoff yeah. or whatever it should be, but if it's just a right. very small amount of people, like, like we had this argument a year ago when they removed floppy disk support from the kernel like guys do four people the, the use... kernel has to shed uh, some way well uh, it cannot it, continue right. uh, becoming so big well right. hold on it, it, exactly. I, will, I will play the devil's devil's advocate here you get your horns out. most most likely <laughs> it if they're supporting code for let's say a use case of four people globally most likely one of those four people are you know a big wig at one of the Linux support like supporters like Microsoft like whoever's donating a shitload towards the Linux kernels development um, if they're one of those people that have that you know uh, super odd use case because like in the back of one of their server rooms they've got <laughs> they've got an administrative PC that's using these types of cards and like super old like like legacy code um, I I totally see. I, I can I will defend them in saying we can't ax it because we don't want to piss off someone who's given no, us like no, no, two million dollars. No, 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 no. I, guys. Uh, Hip Dad basically said something similar. Like he said that the the thing is that most of the, this is still usable. Most of these are still usable systems. I I agree with that. But 
These systems are at least 15 years old. Okay, at least 15 years old. Not a single one of them need to use kernel 6.2. Okay, yeah. Vernal ver, version <coughs> 4. Point whatever is still in support for another like two years. Vernal version 5 is going to be in, in support, and various versions of version 5 are going to be in support for another 10 years. Continue to use your crusty old systems on those kernels. It's not going away. They're not going to b- backport this change to version 5. Let, let's, whatever. Let's let's well, be, it, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Sorry to cut you off, uh, Tyler, no, but uh, uh, it's uh, let's be clear. If you really are rely uh, on on drivers or whatever to be in the kernel for the PCMCIA card, and you are one of those very niche people who still use that ancient technology, uh, you are uh, you uh, you should be maintain uh, maintaining uh, whatever works for your device on your own. The, the kernel, uh, the more the kernel grows, the more it's. Uh, if we kept if, if they they kept everything for every support for every single piece of drivers dating back to the to the 70s uh, it's gonna be like uh, Look, 100 it, it's gigabytes literally, it's literally windows pro windows the, the windows problem windows is notorious for keeping legacy systems like there's printers out there that still work on windows out of the box that were developed in the 1980s okay yes they're, they're and that have all been destroyed there, right. there was actually a, a literal example of one of their driver like their old legacy driver code that was still in microsoft's code base and and no, none of the printers still existed yes yeah, no one is saying Take all the support from every single kernel that is supported right now. That's yeah. it's just from the future, okay? From the from 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 a, from a kernel that's still at least six months away. Let's go ahead and remove this stuff. And 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 because if you're using such old hardware, you're probably not using a, a newer kernel anyways. And if you yeah. are, I, I mean, are you running Gen two testing on things? I mean, what are you doing if, if that's the case? I want to talk to this person who's running Look, a rolling release most, most, on a system uh, like this. I agree. I agree with you guys 110. percent the The thing though is, is playing the devil's advocate. I I, I will say. Look, when when it comes to getting like financial support and backing, most of the people that are over the communication between between you know the Linux devs and like let's say Microsoft for example or whoever's giving them a shitload of money, I I totally see those people not being developers or like really understanding stuff. But if you have so, two million dollars to support Canonical or the the Linux kernel or whatever, surely you can take. I don't know, 150,000 of that to pay a developer to do just this. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, no, again, I'm not playing the devil's advocate like You're not really doing it very sa- well, okay? I'm just I, saying well, No, failed. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but at the same time, like I do understand from the Linux like developer's perspective, they would rather just be working on the shit that they need to get done than have to explain to some Dumbass yeah, rep, like like no, just because we're removing support in the new Linux kernel doesn't mean your system's gonna break. You're fucking fine. Yeah. Like please continue to give us your two million. That's exactly dollars. that's exactly I, along I do the understand lines that. of what Matt just said. It's like if if they're using that uh, ancient hardware, they must be on an ancient version of the kernel. They're not gonna be on the latest and greatest rolling yeah. kernel. Yeah. So and, and so yeah, I. 
chances are if they're reading news about kernel development, they're probably technologically savvy enough to know that the kernels that they're on is not going to well, be something. I've, I've spoken to enough executive, like high, high ranking reps at companies to know assuming they're smart people is not, <laughs> it's not always a good idea because some of those people have just failed upwards their entire career. Not saying all of them have, but there's a surprising number. I'm sure that there are plenty of dumb people in the in the corporate strings of all the companies. But just just a side note, uh, guess who joined the Steam Deck uh, rank? Who? Nicolo. It wasn't Josh. Nicolo. Oh, really? From the KDE development, he said, "I'm I I don't know if I should get the Steam Deck," and now he got it. I just got a a screenshot from. it's about time that I mean the Steam Deck uses KDE. Like, come on! <laughs> like, he's gonna work go. on something for the Steam Deck. Yay! Great, excellent. More new features. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the Steam Deck, let's go ahead and move on to the last one here. Which this is mine, and I have a feeling we're gonna have some conversation about this because we have two Steam Deck fanboys here, and me who doesn't use it. Uh, you know, I have one sits in the box, right? And and and. Steve is waffling, right? Um, so, <laughs> S- Valve has come out and said uh, I, that the next Steam Deck, Steam Deck 2, is going to be at least a few years away. Um, now, for those of you who are playing uh, Valve Bingo, you guys probably all got Valve Bingo right now because this is this is so Valve, it's literally tattooed on their forehead. Like, like The index now is six years old. Or something like that. It's been around for ages. Um, and where's the sequel? It's not here. Uh, the Look. the the Steam controller has been around for at least four years, probably longer. No sequel. You own a Steam Deck. If they yeah. came out with a Steam Deck too, like six months from now, wouldn't you be upset? I'm not saying they have to do one every year, dude. I understand. The oh way no, they- I I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, if they announced that they were going to do one here real soon, like in six months to a year, you'd be like, "Fuck, man, come yeah, on! That, I just the, got it." That's the way technology works. Sometimes you buy a laptop and then the new one comes out the next week, and you're like, "This sucks." But it, <laughs> it, it happens, and it has happened to everyone. But I mean, they did not look, guys. You you can't. This is my opinion on this whole thing. When you basically have reinvented a market sector, because gaming handhelds were controlled by the Switch for the last three or four or five years or whatever. There was there has been no other gaming handheld out there that has been worth its weight in money other than the Switch for a very long time. Prior to that, the only, you know it was the 3DSs and stuff like that. Nintendo has owned this space for 20 years even sony couldn't break into it like they had the psp they had the vita and those things were so neglected that they failed not in they failed as as what they were supposed to be but for for the homebrew people it was awful. Oh yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. I, I don't. I don't. That, that, that's great. But that's, Matt, you you do have a good point there. Like, yeah. Like, this, it's not a market segment that you can rest on your laurels. Is is what I'm saying. Sure. It, you can't go six, seven, eight years. I mean, I'm, hopefully it won't be that long. But I'm just saying, this is Valve we're talking about. There has to be a sequel within the next couple of years in order to not only ensure that the AAA games that you're so proud of that actually 
work on Linux and work on your Steam Deck, new AAA games are going to come out, and eventually they won't play well on this hardware. It's going to happen very soon. Technology just moves that fast. Games move that fast. Ray tracing is a thing, and, you know, uh, despite the people who poo-poo on ray tracing, it is eventually going to be something that people actually want. Because NVIDIA wants it. it. It currently works only on one game, Doom Eternal. Yeah. No, no. Well, well, ray tracing works on plenty of games. The problem is, is most people, like ex- especially if we're being completely honest with the majority of gamers, most people have monitors that are not high enough quality where you're really needing well, it. Right. And you and do have a good point, Matt. The, the, the importance of them upgrading here in the next couple of years is really important and that them saying another few years does worry me because i know how valve works and if they're not like if they're really on something like essentially i don't like we don't have to go freudian with it but let's go there like if they're if they're you know dicks aren't hard about something they they just stop focusing on it and a good example would be half-life half-life three Three. (laughs) fuck am i gonna get to play half-life three come on it's, it's never going to happen they're not even working on it it is sitting somewhere you know they started it it's now sitting somewhere in a in a linux directory structure on an (laughs) external hard drive buried in the basement of steam headquarters and that's where it's going to die forever it's never going to happen and this was one of my primary like like we took tyler when when the steam deck was announced you and i were doing the podcast already together which is hard to believe we've been doing a podcast together for two years now and when when it was announced, you and I talked about our biggest worries about the Steam Deck, and one of the ones that we that I said was that if it does come out, my worry about it is that it will be good, and then they will then abandon it because they've done it with every single piece of hardware they've ever come out with, nope. and it feels like they're doing it again. Like this thing is a six. This thing blew everyone's mind. You have people on like The Verge and Gizmodo talking about this this Linux device. In such glowing terms, they made me buy one. Okay. Well, <laughs> even we have Steam. Uh, Steve here is a great example of the Steam Deck, and like Steve was like, eh, "It's probably not going to be all that good." Like, ah, may- maybe I'll play just retro games on it. Am I wrong, Steve? When you got it, it was fucking awesome. It blew your mind. Blew, blew my mind for a week, and now I'm just sitting there. I think Steve, you and I are similar in that we're, you know, we're old school. We're gonna prefer regular PC gaming over console handheld gaming. I think that that's plus yeah. we're not big, big gamers, right? And and we prefer a certain type of very relaxed. Neither one of us are gonna go out and play yeah. Call of Duty. Okay, we're yeah. not we're not Call of Duty. We're not League of Legends, Dota it's, Two, whatever, right? Give me a relaxing game. I would play on the Steam Deck. Give me that's give that, me, yeah. The, so the reason why ours is sitting in their cases just collecting dust is more of a personal thing than the Steam Deck being bad. The Steam Deck is fantastic, but it had forgive the pun, it has a half-life that is very short, right? In order for... Cause for Nintendo's well, doing... No, no, hold on a second. Let me yeah, finish no, this all. Nintendo has been doing the exact same thing with the Switch. They've been resting on that one Switch that has been a very, very successful for them over the course of the last five years and there's has been no talk of a sequel they have come out with an oled version or whatever but it's basically the same hardware that it's been for the last that's basically what they said what valve said Uh, if we are going to release a a new version anytime soon it's just going to be an iterative update with a 
screen a better screen better that's screen. literally what they said actually yeah, better as screen. far as i know valve said that they're gonna add an oled like, yeah, yeah. Much and, and you know to the to the to the I, I, top tier not to the mid yeah, and lower yeah. tier. i'm i'm just so fr- like like look look the steam deck it turns out was exactly what i thought it would be for me a waste of money yeah, and, and uh, I, I'm fu- no, not for me. Uh, well, the, so like what, what I was gonna say earlier, Matt was sorry. Really, in all, no, no, you're good. That was the uh, the thing about the Steam Deck that really sets it apart is like if you don't have a, like the problem with all three of us in this call is we all have mo- like not necessarily monster, but we have much better desktop systems that we spend most of our time at anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's really not like the one thing that this year, uh, it's been kind of a blessing and a curse. Like I've got a lot of vacations this year, which is really nice to be able to get out and go on these vacations. Um, but you know, it's stressful planning for it and everything. But the one thing that I have said that's really fucking incredible about the steam deck is if you're somebody who has to travel a lot or you go you go on vacations pretty frequently with your family that's where the steam deck fucking yeah. shines because there is it, yeah i, I agree. there and, yeah. and the thing is is like it, it shines right now tyler like it's it, it's it's gonna be great and it's this is the type of hardware it's gonna be like the psp it's gonna be like the vita where it's going to live on forever because it, it, it runs linux very well it, it does retro gaming really well so it's going to be one of those things where people can use it for a very very long time but the problem comes in is that it has now garnered a reputation because it has been yes. so successful with having AAA gaming available to it Obviously, there are exceptions, of course, but for the most part, if you want to play uh, Elden Ring or whatever on it, which plays better on the Steam Deck apparently than it does on Windows, or at least it did yeah. at the beginning, right? You know, if you you can have AAA games that are on there, but that's only going to last so long until the AAA games no longer work on there, and that's going to be perfectly the, worded, the, Matt. Perfectly worded, but uh, the issue, the uh, the uh, the good thing. Uh, about the Steam Deck is it's going to garner a lot. And I'm not talking about a few hundred. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of retro gamers because on that yeah. thing, it supports up to PS3. And yeah. Tyler here uh, uh, is go- is downloading, currently going to start downloading a one terabyte image for me, uh, which has PS2, PS3, Xbox ROMs on it. Uh, that run on the Steam Deck at 60 FPS, not a single drop frame. I, I want that too, but um, hey, Tyler, I'm, I'm, really I'm, sorry. I'm really sorry I'm gonna, about your bandwidth. I'm gonna be it's going to be really bad. I know. I, I, the funny thing is, is now that that's been said publicly, I'm going to be getting hit up by so many people, and there's probably going to be like an FBI band sitting outside of my house. Like, is he really down? He really got that many torrents? <laughs> like, you, should, you should definitely put that on a torrent site somewhere. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> and, anyways, the 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 the, the whole. You're right, Steve, is that this is going to be a retro gamer's dream machine for a very yeah. long time. But for AAA, as you said, it has a very short shelf life. Well, right. and that's and that's going to be one of the things that's going to really challenge Valve. Like, I'm not saying – like, I wouldn't say that it's this is one of those things where, like, when Valve ever says something, I always take it with a grain of salt. Whether they're yeah. saying it's going to be few years to, like, ten years before they do something or if they're going to do it next week. I always take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. No, not, not it, only that. Most people don't know this. No. Uh, well, hold on. G- give me one second, Steve. So most people don't know Steam, like, or Valve as a company, they, as far as I know, they have, like, about 30 employees. Yeah, they're, they're a, very, very small. 
yeah, they're a very small company, especially for how and, and major people think too, of them. They have too many projects. Like, Yes. And I, I think that's going to be one of the most challenging things for Valve because they have hit a fucking gold mine with the Steam. They, they need to drop the index completely. That's obviously not going to get updated anytime soon. They need to drop the control, controller if it's taking up too much thing. They need to focus 100%. I mean, I mean, the thing is that they do games too. Like they have games that they still develop on and stuff like that. So they, they need to get bigger. I think that they need to get bigger, but the, the thing, the thing that I want to say about this is that the steam deck has garnered mainstream support. Unlike we thought that it like, like I had, it was always going to be big in the Linux community because it runs Linux. It was always going to be big, whether it was a success or not, it was just always going to be that way. What surprised me the most is that I, I'm constantly seeing articles on mainstream tech blogs, actual CNN, um, you know, sites like that talking about how good the Steam Deck is. That positive momentum only lasts as long as the Steam Deck is good. You know what I mean? If if the Steam Deck hardware is still good and recommendable in a year from now, sites like CNN and The Verge and Gizmodo or whatever are going to continue to recommend it. But once the hardware starts showing its age, yeah. they're going that positive attitude is going to go downhill because and it it's not even like if it was microsoft or nintendo even even though they've shown a a, a resistance to updating this the switch you know sony whatever if it was a, if it was a major corporation that had a long-term history of developing hardware and then releasing sequels to it valve would have some you know they'd have a cachet of of goodwill towards them that you know they could take a few years to do the next one they don't have that they have a reputation like google has a reputation for canceling products okay (laughs) valve has a has a reputation of putting out hardware and then never doing anything with it ever again okay and And it's it's again i've been playing devil's advocate so i do have to say they haven't hit a gold mine like this before i I know and that's that's why we're all but they were all we were sorry. all hoping that this was going to be the, the you know the because they hit such a you know a, no. a, a home run with this thing that they the, would change their ways but no no I mean, they hit they, it's true they hit a, a home run but that's not going to make them change uh, no it's it's, gonna, not. it's it's going to get so high into their heads get to their heads so uh, to, to, to a certain degree where oh we have this gold mine why should we work on anything else it's going they're gonna no, like no. It, it's it's not even it's not even that steve would it surprise you steve if i told you right now that they haven't even started working on the next one that instead they've started a new project yeah, yes. that, that wouldn't surprise me. Yes. That wouldn't uh, surprise like, me. I, 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 I would bet money that that's exactly what they're doing because they are so small. As Tyler said, they're a very small team. They can. It really feels like and everyone ADHD, there. ADHD no, style. Uh, yeah. The, their office manager or whatever, the person who does all of their the project management, is very, very anal retentive, right? He, the, he, he has a team that is very focused, but they can only be focused on one thing at a time. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and it's whatever he thinks is fucking sick right. that, that and, year. And, <laughs> and, and, and that guy, once the project is done, he never wants to revisit it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what it, what it feels like. It feels like they have this culture there. Yeah. That you know they just have everybody working on one project. That project gets done, and then they move on to the next thing. Now I I think that the Steam Deck is going to be a little I, I 
this is my hope that the Steam Deck is going to be a little bit different because they have done a phenomenal job with the software making it better. It's, release, not, it's, right? not, it's not about the hardware itself as much as it is uh, uh, <coughs> the, bl- the blow they have uh, they have done to the Linux as a whole, to the Linux world as yeah. a whole. It's uh, if, Even if they don't continue it, uh, now they have opened so many doors uh, with this little machine that they created, they don't need to. Somebody else will pick the torch, pick up the torch, and continue. It, it, and and other companies are gonna. Well, it would be one awesome. of the things. That, It'd be well, awesome if that happened, but I don't think it's will. It will. I think I think one of the more interesting things is because Valve worked with AMD to make the like. Uh, you're right, Steve. A lot of the a lot of the amazing work that they've done has been with the software side right. of things. However. You don't have to like. You can't also discredit the fact that they did work with AMD to create a custom chip that does really set it apart from competitors. And it works I really think, well with the with the software that they have. Yes, it's very integrated. And I think one of the more interesting things would be. Uh, I I think probably one of the most uh, likely motivating factors for us getting a newer Steam Deck would be if so. When it comes to Linux, especially. Um, like Valve has completely changed the way Linux people view gaming on Linux, like drastically. And I think one of the best ways that they can get funding and at the same time, really, really further the Linux um, space, which is what Valve has oddly tried to do. Like they've never been public about them trying to improve the Linux space, like as a goal. No. It's always been a byproduct of what they're like they're, they're doing at the moment. There's somebody I we think... need to ban in the chat. I'm, I'm reading this verbatim. I, I have a Steam Deck. I eventually installed Windows on it. I'm just saying that guy needs to be banned. <laughs> well, read the last sentence. My <laughs> laptop saw, came with too. Windows I, and now I, it has I, Linux on it. I just thought that, like, seriously, what the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> I'm well, kidding. I'm not banning him. I got <laughs> look. I got one too, and I did the same thing. I had to try it. I had to see what it was like and it's shit <laughs> like it's so bad and, and but I, I didn't do that so like yeah so <laughs> yeah, so my, my point would I. be i <laughs> i think one of the interesting things with valve and one of the reasons that we might get a new steam deck and it i mean it on valve's part if they do this like the not just the linux space the computing and tech world in general will fucking explode if they work with nvidia to produce an nvidia based mobile handheld yeah um, for one no one at, at first like i'm saying we this, won't get wayland that's for sure <laughs> yeah well but see here's the thing gaming on linux was fucking shit yeah. until valve started on it and nvidia valve can work with linux, nvidia though, man yes and but the thing is is nvidia loves money like they love money and if if they can work a deal with valve where it's it's more profitable for them to work with them for a short period of time to produce a custom chip for a handheld device. I I genuinely do believe this will make it to where NVIDIA as a whole has better Linux support okay. and you will get a device that has better performance. I thought you were just drunk, not also high. I'm just just putting that out there. Uh, it's Look, never, that's never, ever going to happen. But before we move on, I have to do a mandatory NeoFetch. So on camera, there you go. Redcore Linux right there. Still working very good. Um, but Winning move, that challenge. Um, <laughs> No, I have won the challenge, by the way. Josh, 
Um, <laughs> as we all knew. I mean, it's a ho- like I said in the chat, it's a hollow victory because he ended on problems. You know, I thought, although yesterday he did ask if he could switch, if he could switch to a different version of Debian because he was bored. So I figured that the end was near. But anyways, it, it doesn't, uh, I, I just go back to the Steam Deck. Tyler, I don't know what the hell it is that you're, you're vaping there, dude, but that's never going to happen. Um, but Look, it's just nicotine and I, I know it most likely won't happen, but at the same time, Valve producing a piece of hardware that people who are not in the Linux space enjoyed um, yeah, I, was I, extremely low. I, I, the I'm odds s- of Valve working with AMD and producing a custom chip just for them, super low. So well, I don't put more, it past... Okay, so they're more likely to work with AMD again to do the thing that you're talking about. Yes, yes. yes. Than they are I completely to work with agree with that. Here's, yes. here's what's more likely and is actually possible. Because SteamOS is open source and based on Linux, other manufacturers could take it and run it on their thing. Now, it has not happened yet, and that's the reason why I'm very cautious with saying that this is possible, because the the problem is is that, as Josh is experiencing right now, Linux is very finicky on what hardware it runs on, perfectly, right? It has to be very dialed in. You you When you're designing a piece of hardware to run Linux, it has you have to know does the Wi-Fi card going to work? You know, is the GPU going to be supported by the kernel for any amount of time? You know, how stable is it going to be? All these things, right? Windows will fucking run everywhere. Like yeah. you could put that thing on a potato, it's gonna run like shit, but it will run. Um, and that's the reason why the the other gaming consoles that cost way more, like because they have to pay Windows licenses and stuff, they cost like thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars. I forget the name. They're like a uh, uh, Neo Wayne GPD. Oh, there's there's like a whole bunch of Neo, Neo and, uh, right? right? All those they cost way more. They all have Windows on, and there's a reason why they have Windows on them is because Windows will run on those things. They use regular off-the-shelf CPUs. You know, laptop CPUs. Yeah, in you, most cases. yeah, right. And, and they all have atrocious battery life, and they all whatever, and they've gotten mediocre reviews for years and years. Um, but there's the Steam OS that's just sitting there, and it's possible in a more perfect world, I should probably should say, that they that companies take Steam OS and make Steam OS devices. Now, like I said, I don't think. <laughs> It's such well, there, a, it's, there, those companies do already exist, just so you know. There there are already manufacturers that have made their own devices that do run SteamOS out of the box. Or I believe I believe ISO. most of them run like a hollow ISO is what oh, they run. But yeah. yeah. But I would no, love to see a there link is one, one of those. There is, there is one. I've never seen one. Aya Neo, I think, or another one. I forget which one. That's putting out a premium device for $2,100 that has... A dedicated GPU from NVIDIA, from NVIDIA uh, custom-made for them with a custom uh, AMD CPU. That's hybrid graphics. Linux will be atrocious on them. Yes. So <laughs> and, and, and that's Goodbye. really my main point with what I was saying with, with Valve working with NVIDIA is – I'm not saying it's very likely, but if it does happen, that's our – best chance for getting much better nvidia support because like let's be honest nvidia will never fucking do it themselves like they are just pieces of shit everyone got so excited six months ago however long it's been when nvidia open sourced some of its blobs 
right? Oh, they're like, no. oh, <laughs> like people like freak the fuck out. Like, oh my god, oh, Nvidia open sourced the driver. First of all, no, they didn't. No, no, no they didn't. No, no. Not even, not even close. They, they just open sourced the same things that AMD had already open sourced like ages and ages ago. That's like what they opened decades ago. Source, right? Um, so. Everybody, everybody was like, "Well, this is just the first step on the road to having better Nvidia support on Linux." Like, just maybe in 150 down. years. <laughs> Nvidia is notorious. I mean, for hating Linux, it's just notorious. They, they, it's not. I don't even know if that hate is the right word. They just don't care about Linux. They have no. Uh, we, we, sh- we should all thank the Linux lords that we have what Nvidia support we have right now because yeah. it is shocking that it is as good as it is you know yeah. um it truly it truly it like it, be, it truly it, is a blessing like there is there is no way around it, like, it, you sh- it there's one guy that works in nvidia who they've assigned to work on linux support there's just one dude you know he, he has the smallest office it has no windows It'll, yeah it, and he gets it, he gets picked on every day when he comes to the work they call like they tell me he's got a small dick like you know like they, they just constantly yeah, make yeah. fun of him they, they use his office for storage for other things because they forget that there's actually a person that works in there so there, there's like boxes sitting behind him and brooms and, and chemicals and stuff so that's the guy who who does Nvidia support. His office is f- is filled with asbestos. He's also he's also not the greatest developer in the world. He he's just you know the, the, he either they hired him. He was, right he was the, like let's be honest. He was the one guy in the office that they're like ah if we lose him it's really not that big of a deal. It, it, it was the intern who happens to be the nephew of someone who's not really all that important you know. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's. Uh, uh, but I, I I need I need to say thanks to Valve for creating the Steam Deck because I've always, if there's one thing I've never had, growing up was a, a handheld gaming console, never had. Uh, I've always envied my um, my cousins and my friends having a Game Boy and a Game Gear and a Jaguar. Uh, uh, so uh, with uh, with the Steam Deck. For me, the Steam Deck will live on for years and years and years and years and years. Why? Because the whole point of me getting a Steam Deck was not Steam. It was retro gaming. That's the yeah. main goal I got it for. Uh, and and, that, and that's why for most people it will last so obscenely long. As long as they don't I mean, try, to, as long as they don't try to emulate PS4 or PS5 in the future. Uh, they're good. <laughs> well, I mean, like, really, in all honesty, if we're being honest, like, when it comes to the Steam Deck, one of the biggest, biggest, like, lo- longevity factors with it is, is not not even just how it performs right now. But, like, let's say you, you really love it for retro gaming. You don't use it all the time. For the same cost that you bought the the device for you can buy pretty much replacement parts for everything other than the complete main board itself yeah for the same cost as the device and you could shove it back and only take it out when you want to play retro games and then when the battery dies you can slap a new battery in it when like openness, you can do all of open, that stuff. the openness the aspect yeah. the aspect of it and plus you know how the uh, the the ps vita like and the psp they 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 had to be hacked to be able to uh, run homebrew and do all this and they, they have all these community hacking community around them with the steam deck it's already open you don't need to do anything and uh, to do a hard job it's, it's right there you can 
Yeah. Just in case anyone doesn't know this, if you want, like, one of the coolest things, I don't know if anyone had a PSP back in the days, but there used to be a homebrew version of Nazi Zombies that you could get for the PSP and play on it. Um, I actually tested it. Uh, that homebrew version for the PSP of Nazi Zombies, you can run on the Steam Deck, and it runs, like, it runs so much better than it did on my old PSP back in the day. Like, it's wild. It's the thing, the thing about like the Steam Deck is I, I genuinely do think that we're going to see a lot of, a lot of modding uh, and customization, yeah. customization and ironically, I don't think there's going to be nearly as many people pushing for a new version as we would like to see. Because exactly. a new version is exactly. going to be important. I, ironically, but... the, the person who's, who's pushing for it the most probably is going to be me who, who doesn't actually use the original all that much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Because, I mean, because, uh, uh, the the Steam Deck is so important to keep in the 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 limelight. The, the it has to keep a positive reputation. It and will. In order, it will. In order. In, in the retro world. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But, that's basically talking about ten people, Steve. Like I know I, I know that's a lot more than that. But when you're comparing it to the people who it's important to now, the mainstream gamers, you know, it, it's such, the retro gamers are such a small portion of that, right? Um. The the you and, say that and, you, you say that, but those are the people who are going to keep it alive for the longest and keep yeah, talking it's about not, it. It's, uh, it's not in the going. Media yeah, but the it's not Matt, going Matt's to keep point. people for, to buy the thing, right? It's it's not going to bring in new people to. Steam is a company that has to make money, and like all companies, and in order to do that, they're going to have to have a new product eventually. Now. The problem with Steam is, or with Valve, they have a tendency to, to as we talked about, end a prod project and move on to another one, to go to the next project. And, you know, that's that was fine when they continued to have flops. The Steam machines, no one cared that there weren't version 2s of the Steam machines. They were bad. <laughs> no one cares. Like, there, was, there was no games. Uh, even, even the Steam controller, which has a cult following, like a retro gaming following, if you will, right? I mean, it's not the I same, it. it's not the same, you know, people, but, you know, th there's a very small community that's very passionate about the Steam controller. Vast majority of people don't give a rat's ass about the Steam controller because it wasn't good, right? It just wasn't good, you know? I, I loved it, but I can see objectively it's, how it's, some people would say it's it wasn't weird. good. It's, it's weird. Yes. People it's are weird, just, and that's the reason, yes. reason why used, it wasn't discussed. They're used Valve to the Xbox had, controller. Yeah, yeah. Val, Valve has had its first hardware success, and it's been astonishing because it runs Linux. When you have a success like that, you cannot say, ah, oh, in a few years we'll get around to making a second version. Yeah, Honestly, that like, is look, true. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was not expecting them to say, hey, we'll have a new version in 2024. No company's ever going to say that because it will immediately kill anybody from buying it right now. So a few years would make sense to me. If or it'd be fine for me if they said this and then they had a history of following through, you know. Basically, it's 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 the uh, what what they made us expect of them that's gonna cause them more harm than good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. We to, I I knew as usual. I always save the the one that I know for sure we're gonna talk about the longest as the last one because it's it's I hate me. When Tyler first got his Steam Deck, all we talked about was the Steam Deck. It was constantly <laughs> like it, it was like seriously. Now we're three. Now we're three. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure you use it as your t thingy of the week for like four weeks in a row. 
Yeah. It, it was <laughs> I really nothing. annoyed you. I it, knew it, I was annoying it, it, you. It was bad. And I don't want to make every podcast about the Steam Deck, but I, I They've done such a number on Linux game, like prior. Not only, prior, not only Linux gaming. You're you're getting a gaming device and a, de- a laptop at the same time. Yeah, and, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on the whole desktop mode thing that people are actually using it. Normal people, I don't think even. Like, I, I I still don't even know how to get to it. So, um, and I've had the damn thing for a month. Never tried. Have you it. never? Have you never? No, never turned it off in the settings. Nope. No, I've okay. never. Okay, you hit the you hit the Steam button, you go down to power, and then there's show desk or go to desktop. Because uh, you're you're technically it's two different environments. So I don't. You're leaving wa- I their, don't. Their I, guys, I don't want to hook this thing. It's a mobile thing, and if you're trying if you're trying to tell me that I should go use KDE on a seven inch screen, you're out of your bleeding mind. Look, <laughs> this is the same <laughs> thing we argued with with Steve about before exactly. he got exactly. Matt is turning to me. <laughs> just just plug it into a monitor. Like I, no, trust no, no, me. No 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 no. I have a computer here. I have a computer behind me, even if it's not working right now. I don't yeah, need yeah. a portable computer like that. I have that's what I said. For this purpose. That's what I said. But, but but as soon as I hooked it up to to to, to a monitor, I turned it into zero Linux and I enjoyed it. I I have very no no I have negative interest in ever doing that. I have okay. So one one final thought on and I've talked about this the the. The biggest problem I have with the Steam Deck, and one of the reasons why I don't turn it on all that often, is because I, when I, you, you go into the games that are meant for bigger screens, the text is so small. It is like I have my like guys. I have really I have bad eyesight. Sight. Like I'm an old man. I have bad eyesight. I wear glasses. Okay. And and for those of you who can't see me, I'm putting the glasses back on because I went blind there for a second. And it's not it's not as like guys, I can see stuff, but I can't read anything without the glasses. Just so everyone in chat doesn't book, like doesn't say anything to Matt. All right, look, I'm I am under 25 years old and I wear contacts and if I take these bad boys out, like I can't read fucking text on my 4K monitor with the text enlarged. I'm blind as shit. So it's not just about age. For anyone who's going to defend yeah, it being yeah, like yeah. about age, no, it's just bad I'm, eyesight. I'm I'm just saying that the the my biggest problem with the Steam Deck is that that text is so small. small. Now, supposedly there's a key binding that you can use to zoom in on just the text. Supposedly yes. that does exist. Somebody yes. told me what it was. I immediately forgot what that key binding was. Um, and and I, I just have no interest in looking it up. Uh, maybe eventually I will, but the, the game, like, there's some... In fact, I'd say the vast majority of games weren't just designed for the Steam Deck, and they have no interface to say, hey, make yeah. the text bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if anything, yeah. it's rec- increased the resolution and make the text smaller. You know, because it, it, yeah. it, it behaves smaller. it behaves like it's running on a laptop. This is how it behaves. Yes, yes, it does. It doesn't know it's on a Steam Deck. It just behaves on a laptop. So the resolution is this big. Okay, this is the scaling that comes by default for this resolution. So uh, uh, just as a question, both of you guys have dead cells, right? I, I actually don't yeah, have dead yeah, cells. Yeah, I, I have dead cells. Yeah, it's, it's a good game. Okay, I'm bad okay. at it. So have you tried playing it on the Steam Deck on a separate 1080p monitor? No. What do you mean? I've seen someone do it. What do you like, mean? Like, like dock it and then play Dead Cells from the Steam Deck on. I did. I did. Monitor. I did. Yeah, it runs fine, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and the character, yeah. everything is big and everything is uh, yeah. good. To Why see. would I do that? I have a computer. Yeah. No, no, and and that's that, that was going to be my next point, Matt. Like, 
what you're saying is completely valid because for for most people like us who are like already nerdy and doing stuff on our main desktop there's not that particular use case but the Steam Deck is four hundred dollars, and there is a ton of fucking yeah, yeah, people out there yeah, who would I, like I, to get a laptop. Plus, plus and it's just you made an excellent point earlier about how good this thing is on vacations and taking it, you know, playing a game while you're on your way to work. Although I don't think that that's as, as big of a a use case as most people would like it to be, simply because that thing's going to be downloading on mobile data like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, because well, it's, well, it's not constantly if you don't downloading it, stuff. Not, not if you don't connect it and. Uh, and, your and your retro games, those those Steve, don't require the internet connection. A lot of AAA games require you to have it connected yeah, to the internet yeah. in order to well, work. Especially especially if you're like Matt and you download Apex Legends that bad boy. Yeah, which, yeah. Trust me when I say Matt, I'm just gonna do you a, like a huge solid here. Please do not play Apex Legends on the Steam Deck because if you do a like a, a squad and which most people that's how they play apex is like with a squad i know zero things random. about apex i've never okay. played it so it was just free to play so i was like hey i'll yeah. download this thing it, I have it's space. a really it, it is a really good game but on the steam deck uh for one apex legends is not it's a it's a really fast-paced uh first person con- uh shooter your thumbs so are gonna go you, dead well not just that the like playing on a controller when you're versing pc players like Dude, the Apex scene, like, people are super competitive. The first time I played, I uh, I told my team that I was playing on the Steam Deck. I had just gotten it, and I was testing it out. And all of them told me to go die and rot in hell because they, <laughs> they knew they were going to lose because of me. We did lose, but... <laughs> um, they'd, they'd probably lose if I was just again. The thing... Tyler, we, you and I have talked about this before before we went to four people. When, when I was still waffling over whether or not to buy it, one of the, the reasons why I didn't buy it is because the nature of the gaming that I do doesn't do well on the um, Steam Deck. Understandable. Like, understandable. My, 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 the biggest game that I play, the one that I've in my Steam library that I've played the most, the one that has the most hours logged, is City Skylines. You want me to play that on the Steam Deck? I mean, no. that's just. I mean, you no. you can do it. it. I've downloaded it. It works. Okay. But it, it literally fries the CPU, um, and that's that's like with no population whatsoever. It, like that thing runs 300,000 degrees when you're trying to run it, and it's just a small screen. You can't you can't do a city builder very well, at least not that type of city builder. I mean, maybe a mobile city builder, but not a, a full fledged. No, no, not every game was made with the Steam Deck in mind. Right, uh, even uh, even if they run on the Steam Deck, but yeah. the UI and the scale. Well, I mean, I play DayZ. I, I play DayZ. And it is fucking not made for a Steam Deck at all. Like, yeah. And, and, I, and I understand that. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to shoehorn it in, but that's one yeah, of the no. reasons why this the Steam Deck hasn't been as useful for me as I'd hoped it would be. Yeah, it's because for, it's, because it's for the niche gamer. And my uh, st- my style of gaming's not first person shooter. I think I think it's fant- I think it'd be fantastic for first person shooter. It's great for side scrollers. It's it, it's great for best runners. Best for side scroller. It, it's best. it's probably great for clickers. You know, as hex DSL calls them, clickers. Things that you just you know, click. Yeah. It, it'd be Vampire survivors is fucking lit on yeah, the yeah, Steam Deck. Yeah. It has awesome. it has games that it's really really good for, but none of those games are games that I'm particularly no, interested in here's yeah here's, no i i totally understand no, no, no. that here's here's what what the steam deck did to the gaming community you know those indie people with indie titles and indie small uh, uh yes yes it, i know where you're going with this i love it it, yeah. 
it's it it's it has shown a light on those people's products so big and so wide yes they used to make yes. next to zero selling uh their games when before the steam deck but when the steam deck came around and being uh, those games being so awesome on the steam deck their sales went off the roof you literally brought up a point that i don't think me and matt or any of us have ever discussed on the podcast ever but that's one of the things the steam deck has done like the steam deck has increased indie revenue streams mm -hmm. fucking tons like you know what valve needs to do is they need to do a better job of of getting to the to verifying the free to play games because they've completely yes. ignored the, that whole category because it doesn't bring them it doesn't bring them any right, money. I, I I understand why, but as someone who guys I don't I have spent an, a, a crazy amount of money on Steam games that I've never played. I do that every time Valve has a sale. Like, like I'm right there with you, brother. I got almost 300 fucking games. Right, I probably right, played like 40 percent of them. Maybe right. in one day I spent six hundred dollar. Yeah. Um, the the like I don't get me wrong. I do spend money on Steam, but the the thing is, but most of the games that I want to play, you know, that look interesting for me, I spend my every time I get on the Steam Deck, and I'm looking for a new game to play. I go to the free to play games because I don't want to have to spend six hundred dollars in a day. I don't want to buy. I don't want to. We discussed it. We discussed it. Me and uh, me and Tyler uh, about uh, having demo games on uh, yes. on the steam deck before you need to test before you buy yeah. especially well, now on the steam deck but they with, have, with, they with have demos non-existing what the hell wait yeah. so you can't use the steam demo mode on the steam deck no you you can but the thing is is there's a lot of games that don't have demos they don't have okay, right okay yeah uh, that makes sense but the, my point was is that they have this whole free-to-play section and they've done a crap job of doing the verification for Steam on yes. or for, for yes. Steam Deck on it. It, it, it. They need to do they. Those, that's the that's the my first thing is the text that I can't read. That's the biggest problem. That's I mean, I challenge anybody to, like. Okay, everything goes back to pizza for me. But you guys get a frozen pizza and you want to read the the instructions on the back. And I don't know if you guys <laughs> know this, but they've made the instructions so small. And usually oh, they've chosen yeah. colors that don't yeah. really go well together. So you can't so. I find myself having to pull my phone out, take a picture of it, and zoom in. You know, the amount of times I've had to read the cooking instructions that's like painted in white or not white, a uh, yellow text for unlike, my mom. Unlike, like, unlike, and it's not like regular yellow. It's like pastel yellow on on like a dark yellow background or something like that. It's, yeah. it's not legible whatsoever, and it's not just obviously. But my point was is that that's kind of the Steam Deck for me. Is like it has this really small test and text, and I challenge anyone, even with perfect eyesight, to go read it. You know. It's, I agree one hundred percent. I agree one hundred. It can't be challenging. It's yeah. challenging on so, so, a lot of games, especially the games yeah. like, for example, you cannot put God of War in this in this category because God of War has text this big on a big monitor already. Yes. So, yeah. but yeah. Uh, there are mostly games like uh, Counter Strike, for example, and I don't know who plays. Oh, Counter -Strike. that is yes. If that you is look a good at the point. text, it's barely readable on the Steam Deck. You put it on the desktop. Oh, finally, you can read. Okay, so uh, the no. the worst one that I've seen is a is a free to play game called I think it's called Drift. It's a racing game. It's like yeah. a rally racing game. Yeah, yeah I have. And it. their their menu system in that is like really light gray text on a white yes. background. Yes. 
Yes, it, yes. It, you cannot read that whatsoever. I, I ne- because of this, because of this, believe it or not, I never played the game. I just launched it, saw the menu. It was really confusing and really this light gray on a uh, on a, a white transparent background. white background. It's uh, like, yeah, it's it's who like I was desi- like, I'm not gonna like, bother with this game. Like, and, and that's not that's not even a Steam Deck. That, that's just like whoever designed this game is a fucking moron. That's those colors don't go together. I I raced one time and then I haven't launched it since. I need to uninstall. It's just taking up mem- memory at this point and uh, constantly updating itself. Probably taking all the bandwidth. Anyways, um, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were gonna end the podcast. I totally forgot about that. That's something that was we're like pushing, gonna happen. <laughs> we're pushing two hours, by the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, Never uh, mention the Steam Deck again. <laughs> it, it we'll, was good, we'll spend an hour on it. It was a good conversation. Okay, so we really need to um, get on to uh, – and I apologize if the video just went away because I switched to the wrong workspace, so I apologize for that. Uh, I, got, I think I got it fixed. Moving on to the thingies of the week, we could have called the section anything, but we've decided thingies of the week, which is probably the best thing because it's not trademarked like apps of the week or the picks of the week or the trips of the week, whatever. Thingies of the week, get your mind out of the gutter. That's not why we called it that. Just – saying that anyway so uh tyler your thingy of the week we basically know what this is <laughs> all right boys so let's get into the real shit all right project zomboid if you don't own it add it to your fucking wish list on steam okay it's fucking sick if you like if you like uh survival games if you like zombie games if you like a game where you can go base build if you like a game where you can uh, put on makeup and like also dress in a very odd way um then like it's the game's it's literally has everything. It's fucking sick. There's thousands of mods out there for it. If you want to mod it to shit, you can. Um, if you wanna if you've got a certain type like if you wanted to find out how you would survive, you know, six months into a zombie apocalypse, you wake up having like like the Walking Dead style like shit, you've been in a hospital with a coma for forever. Like whatever type of play style or like scenario you want to play out you could do it in project zomboid it's lit it's twenty dollars on steam i highly recommend if you don't want to spend 20 bucks on it you want to save some cash or whatever wait till the steam summer sale because it's almost always on sale throughout the summer sale which should be coming up here in like a month or a few months i can't remember exactly when the steam summer sale starts but wait for it uh get it then you'll get a heavy you forgot to mention it. that it's uh, isometric top-down view Ah, yes, yes, it is isometric top-down, which so, is one of the reasons it, it, why I never bought it. Because uh, you mean top-down view like the original GTA games? Not really. Yes, it's, uh, no, like not, not really. The, the GTA game was more uh, 2D than like, 3D. Yeah, like floating down, yeah, top-down. Yeah. No, no. This is more like if you take the camera, and turn it at an angle. Perspective, yeah. perspective view. Weird. Yeah. Um, it and it. It really does. If you go to the Steam like page for Project Zomboid, one of the reasons that I never really actually played it was just because of the isometric view and the art style of it. I I didn't think it would really be all that. Never fun. judge a like, book by its cover. Yes, I could not tell you how wrong I was. It is an insanely fun game. The graphics, um, like you you would think they would cause issues or whatever no it makes it way more enjoyable like i i don't and, i don't know how to and, explain and, it and 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 it doesn't suck as much battery as 
other games too. Yes, on the Steam if you want to play on. Also, here's another thing: if you want to play on the Steam Deck, it does work on the Steam Deck. They, it, it is verified for the Steam Deck. Although I will say, uh, for me, I had to go in and enable like the Steam Virtual Controller in the settings to get everything to work properly. Um, but like, I don't really think that's that big of a deal. Um, it's really, in all honesty, it's a really fun game. I would recommend if you wait till you get it on sale. Also, if you're broke as shit and you really want to play it, uh, but you like you know, like even in months, you're not going to have like five to ten dollars to put towards the game. That's totally fine. When the Steam Summer Sale hits, I plan on buying like eight to twelve copies of the game. Okay, they've got a four pack that's normally sixty bucks. I'm hoping that shit'll be juicy on sale during the Steam Summer Sale. I'll pick up multiple versions of that. Just message me and like let me know on Discord or whatever that you cannot he's afford it and you would like he's, to get he's, it. He's Santa Claus. Santa Project Zomboid for everybody, guys. on me. Yes. Uh, there's already been a few people in my Discord that have gotten it. I have not played multiplayer yet. Um, I'm really excited to check that out. And for everyone who's watching or listening, uh, he got me on board. He's so He's so convincing. And right. here's what, another I'm, thing. I'm here's really another thing. About, He's the I, one who got me on board the Steam Deck. Who got me to get the I, Steam Deck. You, you guys are bros. It's great. I really, guys, desperately, we need to get this podcast done. I, I, oh. I, <laughs> uh, Steve, your thingy of the week, please. <laughs> quick, it's very, quickly, my, no, my, I, need to get, I need to get out of this chair. I gotta he's, like, he's like, I've got a piss, I boys. Pee, Let's I go. <laughs> uh, okay, mine is very short. It's shortwave radio. It's a GTK app. It's an awesome little thing that you can run in the background without ads. Well, of course, the radio station ads, of course, because you're listening to radio stations. But uh, for me, it was a way to listen to my favorite radio station locally. I was surprised, and I swear to God, not a single radio station application I used before had Lebanon in its repertoire. This one does, and it has a radio station called nostalgie it's a nostalgic uh, as uh, as it, as it sounds uh, as it sounds it's all oldies but french oldies and i've grown I up i really hope the there's like a french version of robin williams doing hello lebanon or there's something <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it's 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 a really awesome thing cuz i love this radio station i don't care about the ads the ads are very short uh, they don't have long ads uh, they cannot afford long ads but uh, it's awesome to listen to my favorite music because getting them on Spotify, I can't find half the songs uh, they play on this uh, radio station in, on Spotify. So this is a cool app to check out. It's a GTK app, very small to install. It's available on a, as a flat pack or uh, from the AUR for Arch people. Uh, I recommend the flat pack, of course. Not the Snap, please, God forbid. It's very slow to launch and it disconnects a lot. Snap version, so uh, grab it from the flat hub. Simple app. Sounds cool. Probably also on the Gen 2 repos. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's gonna be the quickest. Matt, they're like, this is gonna take like two seconds. Matt's gonna be like, is this name? Like, fuck it, let's move on, boys. I gotta piss. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, term down is mine. Basically, it's a clock that runs in the terminal. It's not a clock that runs in the terminal. It's a, it's a timer or a stopwatch or something that runs in the terminal, you can start it. It will go up or down. So if you are, so I've been using it now for speed runs for racing and stuff. And you just put it on there and it, it counts up and it will, it'll count things. And uh, you don't have to create a script to do any of that stuff for what it, and it looks. Were nice. you watching That's, a Chris Titus tech video recently? No, I've been using term down for years. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then, 
Chris did he Tyus, recently do a video on it? Chris Tice text deal stuff. Uses it. Just, uses, <laughs> uses it. Every time Chris on his uh, on his live. I guarantee that Chris Tice Tech doesn't know who I am. I'm just putting that out there. So, <laughs> so don't at me like, oh, he's not actually stealing stuff from me. Trust me, I know he's not actually stealing stuff from me. He has no clue that my channel exists. It's fine. Although I did see that Brody had him on his podcast. So I was like, damn, Brody's really making it. He's, <laughs> he's gone from the Linux cast as Chris Tice Tech. He's really gone far. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is it for this podcast. God, if it, guys, if you were if you watched this whole podcast in the live chat or even afterwards and you made it to the 2 hour and 1 minute mark, God bless your little soul. <laughs> uh, also, before we go, real quick, I will just do a public service announcement. Just so you guys know, if you're on Discord and you want to talk, uh, me and my mom are going to go uh, – like right after this podcast, I'm going to go down some drinks. We got we got a bottle of moonshine that me and my mom got to finish off for <laughs> reasons. Uh, so after that, I'm going to be in Discord, and I might do a live stream on YouTube. So, But if you do have Discord and you want to come over, hang out on my server, it's just, probably going to be a real fun Just to let you all time. know – Post Moonshine Tyler is the best version of Tyler. I'm just going to put this up there. Okay. Any, anyways, if you want to support me on pa- on Patreon, you can do so. Patreon.com slash LinuxCast. Thanks to everybody who does support me on Patreon. You guys are all absolutely amazing. If you support me on YouTube, you guys are amazing too, obviously. Everybody who supports me, you're fantastic. I love you guys all so damn much. Thank you for your support. I truly do appreciate it. You guys can catch the LinuxCast record this live every Saturday usually every Saturday, uh, at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We usually end it before 5 o'clock, but but today, Jesus Christ, we did not even come close. I've got to pee, so thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next week. Peace out.